coming up on Salby and Lufty Lux is life on Mars a conspiracy or just an old David Bowie song why would you want an airbag in your jeans why do UFOs keep crashing <laughs> and Georgina's very last opportunity to name that fish gonna this, get it this week this is Salby and Lufty Lux from Studio Senseless in leafy London town. It's Sour Bee and Luff Deluxe. Welcome, long-suffering listeners, <laughs> to episode nine, of, episode the, nine? of the 20th series oh my of Sourby and Love podcast. We worked it out, it's the 20th series. 20th, and some of them are about 600 long as well. That's so. true. I'm Brian Love. And I'm Georgina Sowerby. Up first, it's matters arising. Georgina. <laughs> I dread this part of the show. This is where you have a bitch and a moan, Georgina, you've started hiding cakes. Yeah, Dad. That's what I'm doing. Again. I'm hiding cakes. The other night you were out, um, uh, you'd dropped a kind of tantalising uh, <laughs> piece of information that yes. there was some ginger cake. There was ginger cake, yeah. Somewhere in the house. Yes. I thought, well, that'd be nice. I'd have a little bit of ginger cake with yeah. a little bit of ice yeah. cream on the top. Yeah, that'd yeah, be yeah, lovely. Yeah, yeah. Scoured the scoured the whole place. Did he scour the property nothing. from top to bottom? Absolutely nothing. In every crevice, in every drawer, you on every it, shelf. You, yeah, you said it was on a shelf somewhere. I looked at every shelf, ripped things off the shelves, put things back, took them off. No, nothing. You're hiding cakes from me, Georgina. You know where the biscuits are? No. <laughs> You know where the biscuits are. Oh, the, I didn't know there were biscuits there. Okay, no. and there's this cake was stored on top of the biscuits. I thought you knew where the biscuits were because no. I'm sure you would. And the cake was just there, so no. wasn't hiding it. Just simply putting it somewhere so it's just not out in the middle of the floor so we all have to tread on it. You're hiding cakes from me. Yeah, uh, yeah, Quick yeah, follow-up yeah. to last week's Shaun of the Dead Oh, how story. did that go for everybody? Uh, I, I know you posted the film yeah, Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, I said I thought they shouldn't have refurbished the corner shop in Shaun of the Dead. It's just <laughs> around the corner from here. I said it was destroying a little piece of movie history. Right. <laughs> Yes. So one of my very well-connected Facebook friends uh, very kindly forwarded that piece of news to Edgar Wright. That's lovely of the him. The director of Shaun of the nice, Dead. Nice. So I await his reaction. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also posted that piece about the uh, Shaun of the Dead shop on Reddit. Reddit, you're uh, you going to get an much, answer. You know how much fun I'm having on Reddit. I know, moment. it's great. Uh, there were some absolutely hilarious <laughs> replies. Um, here's my favourite. Yes. It's from a lady called Maria, not her real name. Oh, not her real name. Maria writes, Amazing! That article actually made me glad the shop has been changed. <laughs> this Brian Luff fellow sounds insufferable. <laughs> now I'm wondering what other pop culture landmarks we can change just to annoy him. Just to annoy him! <laughs> That's brilliant. Don't you love it when a fish takes the bait? Oh, yes. So, Georgina, yes. Uh, what else have you got uh, in Matters Arising? In the shop the other day, I, I saw two what looked like plastic hedgehogs. Mm. And they were in a very posh bag. And I thought, what are those? And I picked them up and they're, they're flat on the bottom, 
spiky and rounded on the top and mm. there was two of them and I thought I don't know what those are and I don't like seeing things mm. where I don't know what they are right and it turns out these two spiky things it's very it was very difficult to look up because what do you put into internet search two spiky things like hedgehogs what are they for yeah and the internet brings you lots of answers well that but, can work yes it can but in the end I'd managed to find out that they were spiky balls for your feet basically you put these things on the floor in front of you while you're watching tv mm. or doing a bit of exercise maybe and you rub your feet over these spiky balls and they suppose <laughs> i don't know what they do they get your chakras excited or something anyway it, yeah what you put your feet into them no you put your feet onto them and roll your feet oh. over the spikes and that apparently gives you energy it's a bit like drinking a cup of coffee it's a, probably a load Did of bollocks you, and you obviously didn't buy them otherwise I didn't you would have been them. using no, no, them no 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 and I was tempted I was this close to buying them and thinking <laughs> that's something to talk about because I could be doing it now you see you would, How? it's a bit like the internal muscle usage when you're stood at a bus stop no one knows you're doing it and now no one would know I was introducing my chakras to a spiky hedgehog just how spiky are these spikes <laughs> no they're not very spiky at all I, when I describe spikes I mean sort of little little pyramids of plastic on top mm. so lots of them probably about 200 per foot mm. little pyramids of plastic that you rub your feet or roll your feet along anyway it's something else I've discovered something else for me to talk about when I meet new people mm. to tell them a little bit about me that was this week's matters arising next up don't bogart the finger monkey don't bogart the finger monkey we got airbags for jeans airbags for jeans airbags yeah so they're going to put airbags in jeans for motorcyclists and bikers that expand around your hips and legs when you come off a motorbike or bike but that's to a, protect your legs that's a brilliant idea isn't it or they could just wear motorcycle leathers couldn't they which do protect your legs if you yes come off i don't bike. think they stop you from breaking stuff though so the oh. theory is that this this will like when you come off and you hit they're like on impact like it does work in a car they will the jeans expand with air and when you land you land softly it's like so, landing on a trampoline so they expand like into like a huge ball yeah yeah if you want to see what they look like just type in um airbag jeans there's lots of images on the internet of what you look like i mean basically it looks like it looks like you're the michelin man how do the jeans know i'm not when sh- you're about to crash they're psychic yeah they're psychic airbag jeans that go oh I think he's just gone so through a red light and have, might expand. They must have some kind of sensor on them that, that feels the jolt of the, the Yes, maybe the crash. Yes, maybe. What what works in a car? Is that a sensor? So whatever the sensor is in a car, then maybe it's the same for these jeans. Now, what you have to remember is that you mustn't wear these jeans just like in normal practice. So if you're not on your bike, for example, if you're going to the pub and someone bumps into you and you immediately go Woof, and like a, a just inflate to the size of an elephant, mm. although tempting. I think it might be a really good way to social distance men when you're in the pub and you don't want anyone to talk to you. You simply press a button, your jeans expand <laughs> and then no one can come within two feet of you. Oh, but some men might be quite turned on by that. <laughs> I know, that, I know. It's, it's a whole different genre, yeah. I think. Then you, yeah, then you tempt another variety of man over. Absolutely. Yeah. I like the idea. I'd like to see, a, did you 
you say there's a, a video demo of this? There's not a video demo, but there's online, there's a picture of the jeans before inflation and the jeans after inflation, and they really are, yeah, they're quite rotund and sexy. I, I quite like the idea of just using them randomly. I mean, like, yeah. just walk in, just stand in the middle of a pub, you yeah. pull the ripcord, yeah. and they just go... And you just wait to see what the reaction is. Yeah. In 20 years' time, we'll all be wearing airbag jeans. I think... That's my prediction. You heard it here I first, I think folks. Cirque du Soleil will, uh, will use them. Yeah. I mean, ideal <laughs> for Cirque du Soleil. In fact, they're probably using them already. Yes. I suppose if you fall off one of those, say, or you like you crash land, then having airbag jeans would be a great thing. Is there anything else happening in the wonderful world of Don't Bogart the Finger Monkey? This is a public service announcement. Mm. I have a public service announcement... Google, when you next go on online, simply Google um, noise of a hedgehog farting. It's so adorable. Does and it, they lift their little legs and it goes... Does it, does it sound like this? No. No. No, it's way, it's way cooler than that. It's a really cute little fart. It just goes... Not, not like this. No. That if if you haven't heard this podcast I need before, to get, I need to that, get my airbag jeans on that, and go there. That's yeah. the that's the sound of the fish that Georgina yes. will for the third time be trying to guess. Yes. In uh, name that fish. I'm going to get it this program. week. So. it's worth tuning in yeah, to, right to the end of the program just to hear. Purely that. for fish. Purely for the names of fish. Okay, and I've also written down flamingos. Flamingos. Yes. Yeah. It turns out scientists have discovered that flamingos form friendship groups. Based on personality, which I found quite quite exciting. Mm-hmm. So there's the groups of flamingos sort of grouped together, and some of them, for example, like to go down the pub. Some of them like football. Mm. Some of them, for example, don't like standing on one leg, and they all group together. And some of them just are like foodies, and they all get together and chat about food. Surely there can't be any flamingos who don't like, or flamencos, as I used to yes. call them. Yeah. Surely yeah. there are no flamencos who do not like standing on one leg. I mean, what's not to like? You don't know. Well, that was me putting them into groups. Oh, I'm right. sure, I'm sure, what, you think there's flaming, flamingos that like football? That was me sort of making a joke of it. Oh, right. Because flamingos don't actually like football in the, why do, that I'm aware. Do we know why flamingos stand on one leg? Yes, we do. I think we've discussed so, it. Are they just resting the other leg? I think that's what they're doing because mm. they spend so long on the leg. Or maybe there's acid in the water so they only put one leg in at a time. No, but then I know they're they'd have, to, because change, they, they'd because have of, to change around, wouldn't they? They'd just alternatively be putting their legs in acid. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so I can't see that that would I be I don't know why I thing. thought that they and would. Why, and why would they be in. standing in acid in the first place? <laughs> Because the water's really acidic where they is are. Is it? I don't know. You're not sure. You no, don't know. I don't, don't know. know at all. I just like the idea that they were forming groups based on their personalities. And like one one group of flamingos is. Oh, you see, you've got me not being able to say flamingos now. I know. One, I do group, that on of flam- one group of flamingos is the cool cleat group. Yeah. And the other one is the sort of nerdy group who like comics. and. I'll have to see. Uh, I'll go on uh, Reddit after this and see if there's a flamingos group. Oh, and gee, the, yeah. And 
that might give us some some clues. A flamenco's group is a whole different vibe. While we were and on, a lot of castanets are involved. While we were on Don't Bug Out the Finger Monkey, yeah. when we were doing the Zoom with listeners the other night, someone asked to be reminded why Don't Bogart the Finger Monkey is called Don't Bogart the Finger Monkey. And I don't think we... I'm not sure if we've mentioned that in this in this series. We might have mentioned it in the first programme. But for anyone who's baffled by why there is a, an item called <laughs> yeah. Don't Bogart the Finger Monkey... Don't try and make sense of it. It's because years ago, someone sent us... A, we were talking about miniature animals, weren't we? Yes. And someone sent us a picture of something called a finger monkey. Now, yeah. this is a tiny breed of monkey... Well, it is. That's so small, it can literally cling in onto your finger yeah. as if it was a tree trunk, Yeah. right? And we uh, talked about the fact that you could take one of these to a party yeah. and you could pass this tiny monkey around from <laughs> finger to finger, a bit like passing a joint around. Uh, and that then got us thinking, well, if you could do that, then surely sooner or later someone would hang on to the monkey, <laughs> not wanting it to yes. pass. Way past their turn. Yeah. So hence the expression, don't bogart that finger monkey. Don't bogart the finger monkey. Yeah. And that, and some people might not even know what bogarting uh, well, a sliff I is. Yeah, I have and no it, clue. It comes from the fact that, that um, Bogart, you know, the, the movie star, mm. used to leave his cigarette dangling out oh, the side of his mouth, I you see. I didn't know that. So that's the last thing you want. If you're sitting around in yes, a group at a yes, party yes. and there's a nice little spliff of Rooney going around, the last thing you want is for someone to just leave it dangling in there. So... Don't bug up the finger monkey. It's actually quite a complex. Yeah, for it's us, quite a complex yeah. thing. Okay. We just talk about it as if it's the most normal yeah. thing normal in the world. Don't bug up the finger monkey. But now, yeah, anyone yeah, yeah. who's new to the show now yes. has an explanation of why it's got that ridiculous title. <laughs> Thank you. It's it's a bookend, if you will. Yes. Okay. Which could contain anything. <laughs> Next up, Thesaurus Walrus. If you'd like to follow this podcast on Twitter or Instagram, we are at Sourbee and Laugh. You can. Visit and our website, which is sowerbeeandluff.com, or keep in touch by becoming a member of our busy Facebook group, Sowerbee and Luff's fully optimised social media network. S-O-W-E-R-B-Y-A-N-D-L-U-F-F And today in the studio we have the lovely Thesaurus Walrus. Hello. Hello, TW. Um, How are you? How's the water situation? How are Uh, the Haribos? Other sweets are available. I've got a bit of a cold. You've got a cold. Yes, I have too. I've been coughing and I've got a runny nose. Now, what happens when a walrus gets a runny nose? Does it... Is it horrible? It runs. Yeah, it runs. Okay, I'm tempted to give you the word runs, but um, I'm thinking of... It runs down our tusks. Oh, God, that's... Yeah, that's a lovely old image. That's my word, Georgina. The the, the target word for today, of which I'd like you to find synonyms, please, is uh, ridiculous. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yes, I don't find synonyms anymore. I find antonyms. Oh, you find antonyms. Yes. Okay. Yes. Try and remember the format of the contents, <laughs> Georgina. It's antonyms. So, antonym. Oh, actually, I antonym put, was my favourite anti. I just noticed on the script it does say synonyms. Yeah, that's why yes. I went with it. That's so, why I went that's with it. It's a mistake. It is okay. Thank you very much, T.W. So, the antonyms. Yes, the antonym for ridiculous yes, are. Which I'm going to try and remember in my head. Right. Um... Uh, credible. Credible. Um, plausible. Plausible. Reasonable. Reasonable. Like reasonable. Like reasonable. Uh, possible. Possible. Um, 
walrus like. <laughs> what, meaning that you're plausible and reasonable, OK? Anti-ridiculous. Anti-ridiculous. Good. Counter-ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unbelievable, aren't I, Georgina? Yeah, you're... I'm not com- fictional. No, you're completely real and uh, and you look actually like you might be drying out a bit. Oh, I'm going now. <laughs> OK, bye, Thesaurus Walrus. Thanks for popping in. We are the mice who live under the sink and we hate the smell of peppermint. Still to come on Salby and Lufty Lux, why do UFOs keep crashing? The earth-shattering conclusion of Name That Fish and another dubious appearance from Derek, (laughs) the psychic seahorse. Corridors of Conspiracy What have you got for us on Corridors of Conspiracy this week, Georgina? Ever since man could look up into the sky... They have believed that there may be life on other planets. Yes. Today I'm going to discuss if there is life on Mars. That old chestnut. Is there life on Mars? Well, a lot of people believe there is life on Mars. Mm. And shall I tell you, from from 1854, Mm. when there was a, a scientician with a telescope who looked up at Mars and said that he could see Martian canals martian canals i mean that to me sounds like an x-rated sort of alien was movie. it was it a near canal or a far canal i don't get that <laughs> you never heard that near canal far canal if you say far canal it's the same as saying fucking hell Oh. Far Canal. Far Canal. You've never heard that before. I've never ever heard that before in my life. I ah, see. So maybe it's a London thing. Yeah. See? Maybe you didn't used to say Far Canal where you come from. Well, because you because it's the oh sound, isn't it? Yeah. It's not R. No, well, it's, it's a Far thing. Canal. No, it's a thing. All oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Sorry it to was, interrupt. It was a Martian canal. Can you make that into a swear word, Mr. Know-it-all? No. No, OK. So there were canals... 1854, think- a guy looked up and thought, oh, look, I can see canals on Mars. So everyone thought, well, in that case, there must be life on Mars. So in 1897, H.G. Wells wrote the story... The War of the Worlds. And Mm. everyone panicked because they thought people were going to come down from Mars and try and populate the Earth. That's basically where it all started. That's where we get the idea there may be life on Mars. Because truly, there isn't life on Mars. We've got three rovers up there at the moment okay mm. we have we've had the curiosity rover yeah we've had the perseverance rover yeah and the opportunity rover right right so all three of those hang on if 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 we knew in those days that they had canals on, on, <laughs> yeah, on, on mars then when we started spotting ufos why did they why did we say they were saucer shape why weren't yes. they like lot barges why, yeah. why weren't they canal barge yes. shape i don't know we did because we don't put two and two together and make four that's why anyway these little rovers are going around the planet taking photographs and taking samples of the mm. earth mm. and it turns out there probably has not been life on Mars because they reckon the actual surface yeah. of Mars, so two-thirds of the surface of Mars mm. is actually 3.5 billion years old. Wow. 
So there's no, there's been no life on it for the last 3.5 billion years. So even if there was life, it would be so long ago, there'd be no trace yeah. of it, would there? Yeah, no, exactly. And also, so they're looking for things like fossils. Now, they have detected methane, which suggests maybe some life was there Something's once. farting up and there. That, yeah, yeah, and that, that they have also said that at some point there was liquid water. Now, the idea is that Mars is very similar to Earth. It has the same length of day of, and night, mm. um, and it's the same sort of size, and that therefore it would be the most likely planet to but have w- life on it. If we're only searching for life on the surface, yeah. then that ignores the fact that life could be happening inside the planet. Now, I watched a very interesting thing on the telly the other night mm-hmm. after you'd gone to bed about whether there was life inside the planet Earth. Oh, nice. Right. And some theorists believe yes. that there is an entire civilization living inside the planet Earth. Even, Should I do that for the next corridor of conspiracy? Even to this day. And, in, and the thing I wrote down wasn't that, because that was quite interesting. Yeah. But I also then started to think, how long would it take to get to the middle of the Earth if you dug a hole? We have been to the centre of the Earth because they made a film about it. Oh, no, that's just a film. Oh, OK. This is way more interesting. Okay. I was th- this, and this is about Mars. I know I'm digressing here. Mm-hmm. But if you drilled a big hole, like a well into the earth that went right to the center of the earth Mm -hmm. and stepped into it (laughs) i was thinking well how long would it take you to fall to the center of Uh, the earth let me try and guess and i two days well i worked out that i i I looked up how fast does a parachutist fall yeah and it was about without the parachute about 80 miles an hour something right okay right so then i did some maths and i worked out on that basis it would take days to fall to the center of the earth because it believe it or not it's 1500 miles to the center of the earth i thought it would be more than that but it turns out yeah. That if you stepped into a well that went all the way to the centre of the earth, then you would arrive at the centre of the earth in 40 minutes. Oh. Because... Because gravity. Well, it says that just because there's, there's no uh, air down there, that there'd be no air resistance to slow you down like there uh, is when you jump uh, out of an aeroplane. Yeah. okay. So you would just go faster and faster but and faster. But there would be air there because you've dug a hole. And then eventually yeah. you would f- arrive at the velocity of 17,000 miles <gasps> an hour. Subsequently, you'd get to the centre of the Earth in just 45 minutes. You'd crash, though, wouldn't yeah. you? No, you wouldn't. So you wouldn't be able to investigate. You wouldn't crash because if the hole was drilled right through the Earth... Oh, you didn't then, say that. Then once you, you went... You said there was a hole to the centre of well, the Earth. Well, once you went past the centre of the Earth, yeah, yeah, yeah. you'd be going upwards. Oh, right? exciting. So then you would come shoot... 40 minutes later, yeah. you'd come shooting out in Australia going upwards brilliant like, like a rocket that you see that's quicker than flying isn't it because it takes a long time to fly but meanwhile back at mars well no because if there's a if there's a well dug all the way through mm. earth why isn't there air why why would you be quicker because there is air because it's coming in through both ends well i, well, I immediately thought there'd be even more air there'd be more air pressure than there was at the surface <laughs> wouldn't there because there'd be yeah. more depth of air yeah. so i'm still looking into this okay georgina that it's sounds what, like you've done it, as much research it, as i it usually fascinates do. me to think yeah. i could step into a well yes and in 40 minutes be at the oh, centre of the earth be but yeah or be in Perth, Australia. Yeah, going upwards. Anyway, what people have believed... Recently, last year, in fact, the Mars rover did take photographs, mm. and this is what makes people believe that life has been on Mars mm. or is on Mars. Right. Now, there's a 2,000-metre wide shape of a face that they say is the face of a bear. Now, they're taking this as... <laughs> 
Hang on, there's a bear. There's a bear on Mars. There's a bear on Mars. There's a face of it. Now I can't see the face of a bear. Mm. I see the face of you know when I put pies in the oven and a little bit of gravy <laughs> comes out and some there's two holes and there's one hole for the nose mm. and a little bit of gravy comes out. So yeah. sometimes it looks like they're smiling. Yeah. Well, it looks more like a pie face than the bear face. Okay. Um. So, but I mean that's just us putting our, well, our view on. Yeah, oh, that looks like a face. That's isn't because it? human beings. Are yeah. very good at finding patterns. Yes, exactly. And we like to find a face. How many times have you looked up into the sky and looked at a cloud? And you can, I can see a picture of a dog. You can see a picture of a sheep. Yes. And I say to you, Georgina, look at that dog out there, and you can't see it no. because your brain hasn't formed the, that that image into the into the shape of a dog. Also, <laughs> also, there's a picture of keep broadcasting an Georgina. alien door. And Are an you going alien... to ask Yeah, there's an alien door. On Mars. So one of the photos came back, there's very clearly a door yeah. that has been cut into the side of the rock. Right. Now... Is it open I... or closed? It's open, it's open. It's carved... It's an open into... door. Yeah, it's carved into rock. It's like entering It's like entering a pyramid. It looks like someone has carved a very square door. So mm. I thought more information needed. I looked it out up. Turns out this door... Is thirty centimeters wide and forty-five centimeters deep. They don't tell you that on the conspiracy websites, though. So basically, what we're looking at—that's a at, foot wide. Yeah. So basically, they're alien hamsters. Tiny, they're not alien beings. Tiny, tiny Martians. Also, who's to say the Martians aren't tiny? Well, anyway? nobody knows. Mm. Nobody knows. So they could be. Anyway, it it turns out it's just formed absolutely naturally. You can see them all over the place. But also, and Hang on. finally, you can see little doors. Little doors. Little all over Mars. All over. No, no, there's only one, but it's it's a natural formation, and the angle it is the photograph is taken at basically makes human beings think it's a door. Mm-hmm. And also, and one last case for there being yes. life on Mars. All of these say to me, you can also prove that there isn't life on yeah, Mars. Yeah. Um, there's some rocks shaped in the same way of a, as an alligator's back. And it does look like an alligator's a back. A huge alligator. A huge alligator, yeah. But they say that means that alligators have lived on... And you go, no, no, no. It's just rocks well, hang on. in so, the shape of an alligator's so back. alligators, let's think that through. Alligators lived on Mars yeah. and carved... <laughs> subsequently yeah. huge stone alligators yeah. on Mars and so faces like, of bears with, and doors like human beings carved statues of of themselves yeah. the alligators carved yeah. statues of alligators that would make sense because then the well, door it doesn't make sense no, no, at no, all no it does because then the door is the perfect size isn't it for an alligator to get in and out of its home alligators are wider than a 30 centimetres are they there? yes oh yeah. right okay. we're going around in anyway, circles here this is all happening on <laughs> A mount that is called Mount Sharp. So, if any Sharp. of you want to have a look at them at Mars, go to Mount Sharp and have a look. Basically, there isn't there isn't life on Mars, but humans like to think there might be. It's still one of my favourite songs, uh, and I know all the lyrics. Okay. Uh, more corridors of conspiracy next time. Up next, it's words that are nice to say. Sour Bee and Love Deluxe. This week's word that is nice to say is disingenuous. Let's say it together. Disingenuous. Turn to someone close to you, look deep into their eyes, grasp their face firmly in your hands and say... Disingenuous. Disingenuous. Don't say that to someone. That's really horrible. What? 
You're disingenuous. Place it in a sentence for us, Georgina. Brian was being deliberately disingenuous when he said that he knew nothing of the spilt coffee on the kitchen floor. That's disingenuous. disingenuous. This week's official word that is nice to say on Salby and Luff Deluxe. Next up, flying saucers ate my pants. Flying saucers ate my pants. On this week's Flying Saucers Ate My Pants, one of the most intriguing and baffling aspects of the phenomenon of UFOs. <laughs> Stop laughing. <laughs> this is serious. Yes, OK. Serious if, face on. If these alien craft have yeah. successfully flown millions of light years across the cosmos yes. and demonstrate incredibly advanced technology that defies our own conventional understanding of physics... Then why do they keep crashing? <laughs> That's true. There are thousands of cases of UFO crashes all over the world. Why are these super advanced space vehicles not advanced <laughs> enough to present themselves from crashing like a badly driven station wagon? They need airbag jeans. Oh, that's true. Don't they? Yeah. If they had little airbag jeans surrounding their UFO, then when they crash-landed, they'd be safe. Maybe we got that technology... From the aliens. From the aliens, and then they made us forget. Yeah, but why don't they use it then? One scientist, Dr Anthony Cleopatra... Great name. Not his real name. Oh, shame. Cla- <laughs> I was really liking that Claims name. that he has authentic documents... Oh, come on, saying, Cleopatra. ...saying that the infamous Roswell incident yes. happened because something called EM waves... Oh, explain further. ...from a radio tower interfered with the UFO systems, which caused it to crash in the desert. Ask me what EM waves... <laughs> I'm ask, going to. Ask me what EM you waves are. You know I'm going to. What the F are EM waves? EM waves are simply electromagnetic waves. Oh, disappointing. So... <laughs> <laughs> Shame. So, Dr. Anthony Cleopatra, great name, not his real name, oh. thinks that maybe UFOs are somehow allergic to <laughs> electromagnetic waves. Of course, they are. A bit like the long-legged aliens in War of the Worlds, which oh, you mentioned earlier. Oh yeah. Just like the aliens in War of the Worlds, turned out they were allergic to Earth germs. Well, yes. That's, yeah. how, that's how they all died oh, out. Oh right, okay. So, Dr. Anthony Cleopatra, great name, thinks that ordinary day-to-day Earth electromagnetic waves, yes, somehow weaken the structural integrity of UFOs. Right. Georgina, ask me what emits EM waves. Um, well, I'm fascinated to know. Uh, I'd like to ask Dr. Anthony Cleopatra what a, what what physically uh, what emits EM waves. Uh, X-rays. I am listening. X-rays used in hospitals. Excellent. Uh, the, even the heat from a burning log fire oh. emits EM waves. And they're allergic to this. Your microwave cooker. So, is it possible... Oh, hold on, hold on. So the only thing we have to do to keep aliens at bay is to put something in the microwave. Is it possible? Oh, come on. Is it possible? But you, as some theorists believe... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it possible that UFOs come from a place where there are no electromagnetic waves as yes. we have them Yes, on Earth? I think it's highly possible. And these ordinary waves are therefore kryptonite <laughs> to UFOs. <laughs> Meaning, as you correctly say, Georgina, simply by switching on your microwave cooker, you could, and you could heat up a bowl of baked beans while you're doing it. Exactly. You could bring down 
a UFO. It's worth it's worth having in your back pocket, isn't it? Though, because what else that you carry on your person has electromagnetic waves, so that you could like do Probably it, put it put it towards the alien and go. Maybe that's why they immediately fly off every time someone gets their phone out. Yeah, could be. Because they're going, oh, no, electromagnetic waves, I mean, let's dash. As much as I think this is a fascinating theory by by, by Dr Anthony it Cleopatra... It is brilliant. I love Anthony I, and I, Cleopatra. I, I don't think I'd go along with it. No, it's not Anthony and Cleopatra, it's oh, Anthony right. Cleopatra. Oh, good, great name. I, don't, I personally don't go along with it. Right, because, OK. Because uh, electromagnetic waves just occur naturally yes. in the world. Oh, they do. I th- well, I think they do. Yeah, aren't they? What go- do you mean you think? Aren't there electromagnetic waves going around the Earth, which m- which makes things like the Northern Lights happen? That's electromagnetism, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. Oh, so it's so pretty. It w- electromagnetism. It, it would have occurred on other planets. So how could uh, someone not have on their from planet, a planet? Though. No, not on their planet. Mm. Just all other planets have it, just not theirs. I'm sceptical. You are sceptical. Yeah. More. <laughs> More thanks to Dr. <laughs> Anthony Cleopatra there, not his real name. More insight into the strange world of UFOs. I love that bit. I next. love that bit. More. That was really fascinating. Up next is <laughs> Derek the Psychic Seahorse. To get exclusive bonus content for this podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash studio senseless and upgrade to Sour B and Luff VIP access. Regular listeners will know by now that the renowned psychic medium Derek Akura has been reincarnated in the form of a seahorse. Georgina! To be precise, a long-nosed seahorse. This is Derek, the psychic seahorse. Here he is now, in his little goldfish bowl. I'm in the essence, Georgina, in the absence of the physical body. Welcome, Derek. There's a scarce interference in the ether, Georgina. What kind of interference? It's a sibilance in the ectoplasm. Thank you, Sal. It's a palpitation in the protoplasmic vibration. Is it a bad vibration or a good vibration? I'm picking up good vibrations, Georgina. (laughs) Ah, that's good to hear. It's beyond the veil. What's the veil? The veil, Georgina. I'm behind the veil and you're in front of the veil. I see. It's a metaphysical veil. Stop saying veil. Sometimes there's a breach in the metaphysical veil. A breach. And sometimes it's intact. Is it intact now? It's intact. The metaphysical veil is intact. I'm very pleased to hear that, Derek. Georgina, there's a spirit stepping forward at this moment. Thank you, Sam. Is it James I again? No, Georgina, it's Henry VIII. What's he saying? He wants to know if he'd like to be his seventh wife. Why would I want to marry the ghost of Henry VIII? It's an opportunity, Georgina. Think of the merchandising. Let's wrap this up, shall we? I'm fading, Georgina. I'm being engulfed in the subliminal saliva. Georgina. 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 That item has definitely run its course. Sour Bee and Love Deluxe. Derek, the psychic seahorse, will be back at some time in the future. The Ooh, very, or the past. The very distant future. Or the hopefully. distant past. Only he knows when. Georgina, why have you hung colourful silk scarves all over the acoustic tiles in the studio? Because it makes the studio look pretty. 
And it makes me feel at home. I like to be surrounded by luxury. But, you know, this isn't a place that you come to This isn't a place for fun. This isn't a place for fun. We don't use the studio to do yoga, Georgina. How do you know that I don't perform yoga in here while you're not here? Happy thoughts. This is a place of work. Yes, I know. See, the acoustic tiles have a purpose. They soak up the sound Mm -hmm. and make the sound... They make you sound lovely. Yes. And they make me sound lovely. And do you think by putting silk over the top of them, I ruin their acoustic qualities? Yes, probably so. Silk, silk is probably marginally more reflective than layers of, of sponge. OK, well, yes. I'll take them off the acoustic tiles and take us back into the dull, dull little studio it was before. I'll post a, a picture of the dull, dull little studio on the, on, onto this post. <laughs> OK. So, so you can see just how dull a place it is. It really... Well, I wouldn't mind... Like, if, if this spongy stuff... If mm. this spongy stuff was a nicer colour, I wouldn't mind it. But it's a sort of dirty brown-grey. Yeah, it is. And it's very depressing. It's a dirty brown-grey in recording studios the world over. <laughs> is Georgina. it now? Yes, is it is. It? The colour itself is probably uh, soaks oh, up some of the reflective... The dark colours yeah. do soak up more, yeah. don't they? It's a well-known fact. If you wear something dark, you soak up more heat, but white reflects the light, doesn't it? So, film of the week yes. in the category films Brian watches on his own when Georgina <laughs> is out. The Banshees of Inishirin. I, know, I was quite... This film... I've been told by so many people is amazing, and then so many other people who I like and admire have said that it's rubbish. It is a so it's brilliant. a real Marmite film. It's a, we talked about a British film last week, Brian yeah. and Brian and Charles. Yeah, this is also a British film, brilliant. It's I'd give it five out of five. Really, multiple Oscar nominations. Georgina, yes. don't get multiple Oscar nominations for nothing. For nothing. No, I know Watch you don't. Watch it now. That's my tip. Uh, the Banshees of uh, Inishirin. Um, snow forecast for the I south know. of England. I know, week. I know. We never really get snow in London, so it makes me slightly moist. It does. Uh, I thought we'd done winter in London. No, no. Now, my granddad, who knew all about the weather and could mm. predict when the fog was going to come down within a metre of you travelling, always used to say to me, "You're mo- we're more likely to see snow after your birthday in March than we are before your birthday. So it's wrong. We sometimes get snow at Easter and everyone goes, oh, we never get snow in March. And and yet we do. We do all the time. So get the uh, football scarves back down again yes. as draft excluders. Yeah. The, the bonnet <laughs> scarf outside the studio. The Tottenham scarf outside the big bedroom. You see, I'm, I'm a scarf. I'm a doer of things with scarves, aren't I? Yeah, I decorate are. with scarves. I use them as draft excluders. I wear them. In uh, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, yes. the equivalent of that is towels. Oh, is they it? do everything with towels okay. in The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah. It's a thing. It's a running gag. Well, the silk scarves are a running gag in my life. And you're wrecking it by telling me to take them down. <laughs> you can put them back up when we're not recording. No, I'm not putting them back up and taking them down every time we come into this room. We're going down the... the Seriously, I have bad things to do with my life. We're going down the King's Head for a drink now. Can't go to we the are. Gay Legs. Can't, can't go to the Gay Legs. It's all kicking off at the Gay Legs. There was a break-in. Yeah. Uh, the bar staff are complaining to the management that they yeah. haven't been paid. That was the for last weeks. manager, though. I did. I did try and find out more about this, and it was the last manager that left without without paying anyone. And this new manager is saying that he's not responsible for payment that the other manager should have made, which is kind of true, isn't it? There's, I don't know. There's been well, there's been protests outside yeah. the pub. So if we were to go in there for a drink, we'd be breaking a picket line. <laughs> we'd be we'd be scabs if we went in there. <laughs> I'm te- 
wanted to go now it's just like to some, be a scab. It's like something from EastEnders, it really, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Doof, doof. Time for the devastating climax <laughs> of Name That Fish. <laughs> we are the mice who live under the sink and we like eating peanut butter. So here is the fish, Georgina. You've had two goes uh-huh. at naming this fish. Uh-huh. This is your third and final attempt yeah. Yeah. to yeah. name the fish. Okay. Off you go. Is it a goldfish? It's not a goldfish. Is it an angelfish? It's not an angelfish. Is it a devil fish? Nope. Is it a hake? No. Catfish? No. Dogfish? No. Boxfish? No. Butterfish? No. Margarinefish? <laughs> no. Is it a bass? No. Is it a Florida Pompano? No. Is it a Dover sole? No, you're running out of guesses, Georgina. Is it an African longfish? No, that's Is a, it a clownfish? Is there something called an African longfish? There's an African, longfish. No. an African longfish. An African longfish. It's a great name, but it isn't. Is it a clownfish? No. Is it a blue scabbardfish? No. Is it a yellow triggerfish? You're saving the best till last, aren't I'm you? saving the last till last. You've got three more guesses. <laughs> Is it a deep water flathead? No. Is it a vampire squid? <laughs> Squid's not a fish. It's seafood. Is it a parrot fish? No. Is it an <laughs> elephant nose fish? I'll give you two more guesses. Is it a Michael Gove fish? There's no such fish as is a Michael Gove it? fish. This is my la- this is me on my last dregs of names of fishes. Good luck. Is it a green spotted puffer fish? Yes. It is. No, I'm lying. Oh. It's not. <laughs> um, <laughs> This fish yeah. is actually, I can now exclusively reveal uh-huh. on Sauvignon Love Deluxe. Yes. This is a long-spined squirrel fish. I was never going to get that. That Can't you tell? I, I can I, hear the spines the, now. The, the first time I heard do that. Do you know what it, I want it, to do, though? I got it in first guess. With the long-spined yeah. squirrel fish, mm. I'm going to take them out of the water, I'm going to dry them off, I'm going to stuff them with cotton wool, and I'm going to roll my feet over them to, to instigate my happy chakras. That's a good plan. Thank you. As Name That Fish floats off into the internet archives forever, we've once again, <laughs> we've once again coasted almost imperceptibly to the end of yet another god-awful small affair. Ah. That's the first line of Life on Mars, Georgina. Okay. Pull back, you see. Well done. Thanks to Thesaurus Walrus, the mice who live under the sink, who we now know hate peppermint, (laughs) and the soon-to-be unemployed Derek the Psychic Seahorse. We will see you next time. Say so long, farewell, Alfida saying goodbye, Georgina. So long, farewell, Alfida saying goodbye. Bye. Sour Beer and Love Deluxe was written and presented by me, Brian Luff. And me, Georgina Sowerby. The announcer was Big Mal from Denver. Music by Curiosity Shop and Kevin McLeod. Technical supervisor was Dame Alan Benz. Thesaurus Warus Jr. appeared courtesy of Skegness Seal Sanctuary. All celebrity voices were impersonated. No mice were harmed during the making of this programme. To listen to exclusive bonus behind-the-scenes content for this podcast, upgrade to Salby and Love VIP access. This was a Salby and Love production for Studio Senseless in leafy London town. <laughs> Will you tickle my fanny?